fence pencil in, I guess, right? Well, or that was the fox hole. That was the fox yeah. hole. Welcome to Tuesday, July 6th. This is the Amateur Radio Roundtable here on YouTube, and I am one of your hosts this evening, KDWI7YL, along here with my lesser half, WI7YFD, Dwayne. I almost gave you my own call sign. <laughs> well, this show, in case you're brand new, first of all, I'd like to say welcome. We're happy to have you join us tonight, and a special shout out to my family who are watching, my brother Ron, my nephew Zach, and my niece Carrie Ann, and of course WI7MOM mom. They're all sitting next door watching while we're doing our show tonight. So thanks for everyone for being there. If you are new to the show, please do give us a thumbs up. And hopefully if you decide that you like what you're watching, you'll hit that subscribe button down below as well. If you're listening on the world famous shortwave station WBCQ on... 7490. I had to double check my notes, of course. Um, please do email Tom at W5KUB.com and give us a signal report. Let us know where you're listening from, and we might just give you a shout out on the next show. We really appreciate everyone being here. Don't forget, you can also join us in some more fun on our Facebook group. We've got about 11,000 or so hams there where we share all kinds of activities that we're doing with ham radio, and we just like to have a lot of fun with each other and um, build lots of friendships. It's just been growing like crazy over the years, and we really appreciate everyone's support um, for being here tonight. We've got a really cool segment. So I'm going to give we're going to give a quick update on how our field day went with our our first field day with our brand new club, and then of course we've got the big report, and we've got a huge group here in the chat room tonight and in Zoom to talk about the balloon launch that just happened this past week. So. Really exciting stuff, and so everyone stay tuned, and I'm going to pass this over to Tom. So, Tom, let me let you kind of kick it around the room, and then we'll get going from there. Okay, very good. Thank you, Katie, and uh, boy, hey, look at my, my shirt was showing there. Hey, uh, tuck yourself in, will you? Yeah, I need to, <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Well, hey, you know, normally, uh, normally, uh, a family show. normally Kathy takes care of all this, but she's at her home over in North Carolina this weekend. So you know, I'm here doing a show when I could be in North Carolina in the mountains. What do you think? Anyway, hey, we had a great. Well, I stayed back this week uh, to do the balloon launch. We had that scheduled for a long time, and uh, we're gonna. We had a, a great time. Uh, man, it was exciting, um, and. Uh, uh, let's see what's going on. 40 meter net tonight. It uh, the band wasn't very good, but uh, we had you know eight or nine people I guess check in, so uh, wasn't too bad. Uh, let's see. Oh, 
You know, Katie reminded me, somebody always in the chat room tells us that it's illegal to play music, uh, you know, blah, 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 copyright. Well, it's not. And uh, we have a license with BMI uh, there in Nashville. That's Broadcast Music Industry. And we file uh, quarterly. Every quarter we have to send in what songs we played and who sings them and all that kind of stuff. And then at the end of the year, they take money from us uh, for doing that. So... Uh, we are uh, we're covered with a, a BMI license, and also even if we didn't have the BMI license, YouTube covers you. Uh, they allow the songs to be put on there because the uh, software uh, recognizes it as a copyright issue. But I get the little note that says, "Yep, this is copyrighted." But the owner of this song is allowing you to play it. Uh, and that allows them to put a little advertisement on the uh, recording every now and then on the video. So we're covered in two different ways uh, with uh, music. Let's see what we got here. Boy, we got a bunch of people in the chat in the, in the uh, Zoom tonight. Um, um, let's just go for and, and guys, we'll get all you guys to chat in the uh, Zoom in a little while when we start talking about the balloon. But let's see. Let's get our regulars on here. Bill, Bill Brown, how you doing, Bill? Where's Bill? We lost, we lost Bill. There's Bill. He's got the There's Bill. Right. Okay. There's Bill right there. All right. Well, Bill, uh, hey, thanks for all the help this weekend, man. You were a great help. We'll talk more about that later. What else did you do this weekend? Oh, I uh, just uh, blew up a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> all right. Oh, man. So we had we'll, we'll... a fireworks show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, man, we had some big ones here. All right, let's just keep moving here. Uh, Glenn, Glenn, talk to us, Glenn. Yeah. I'll, you got you got that. something special to tell us or not? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, we have any breaking uh, news? Let's. Yeah, we got a little bit of breaking news. Let's find that screen. And you need the breaking news sound effect. You know, yeah. breaking news sound effect. This just came in my email the other day. This is the cover for the new book. And that on the cover there is a USB-based CW keyboard. So now you can use... You never know with the way things are running slow these days, but they're trying, but at least we know for sure that the book is coming. All right. Well, we're looking forward to it. Guys, nice picture. Nice picture on the front there. You guys are the there. only ones that have seen this outside of me and my editor and, of course, ARRL. Well, now everybody, uh, you know, we, we've got uh, 23 million people watching right now. Uh, the word is out about the book. Word is out. Yeah. The word is out. So it's it's coming finally. It took forever, but it's finally here. All right. Very good. Looking forward to it. Uh, did Alan make it? Has Alan made it yet? No, I, he's still dealing with the lightning. Oh. Well, what is this? Katie's joining? I thought she was already in here. Let's see what's, what's going on here with Katie. Katie, what she happened? She got frozen out. What happened, Katie? All right. What? I don't know what's going on. She dialed there's back. there's two Katie's. The what? Is there really? Oh, shoot. There you yeah. go. Now it's one. Okay. Well, Sorry, just, our, my internet just crashed on us. Well, we're going to have to get that fixed, okay? 
Yeah, no kidding. I need yeah. a raise so I can buy better internet. Well, I'll tell you what. We can will, you work on that? It's, it, you know, it's that time of the year. We're going to go ahead and we're going to up everybody's uh, salary on the show. by. Uh, we're going to give you a 6% co- uh, six percent raise and we're going to give you a uh, 4% cost of living. So you, got, you just got a 10% raise. How's that? Excellent. 10% uh, of nothing is that's awesome. That's right. I'll 10% take of it. nothing is nothing. <laughs> All right. Where were we when you... I don't know. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Glenn was All showing right. off his book, and then we just disappeared. Yeah. So. yeah. Okay. Uh, so Alan's not with us. I think he had some thunderstorms moving in, and he may join us later there. So uh, uh, we got a great uh, a group of people in here tonight, a lot of people that uh, worked uh, uh, the, uh, the balloon this weekend, and we're going to all get a chance to talk to them later. But Katie, why don't you go ahead and talk about field day and and show us some pictures or whatever all right give me one second here and i will get our pictures rolling so um here we go let me oh shoot wait a minute i gotta open that up sorry but everything kind of went kerfuffled on me all right let's try this again here we go you're still out of it why is i apparently am just full of technical issues this evening I see Glenn's cat. Oh, I know up. what the problem is. Let me try it this way. There, I think we're in luck this time. Okay. Ta da! Let's try that again. So, welcome to Field Day Devil's Tower style. This is Devil's Tower Amateur Radio Club. This is our location at Sunny Divide Community Center in outside of Sundance, Wyoming. And. Let me see. I'm going to figure out why this is doing something wonky. There we go. So you guys have seen before in the past when we've, I've shown you pictures from our field day site when we've been up there. Usually is WY7FD. But now that we have our brand new club, W the Devil, not the, just Devil's Tower Amateur Radio Club. Oh, well, they will in a minute. They might have seen other pictures, but never mind. So, <laughs> so this building over here is the community center, which we have now kind of commandeered as our regular meeting place, um, working with the folks that manage and own the building and property. And they've generously allowed us to use that for um, our meetings for the club on a regular basis. Um, we borrowed a tent from the county, which is this green tent here on the side of the building. And this year we stepped up from our usual outhouse and rented a porta potty. So live in large once you become a club. Um, we did have these signs made up a couple of years ago so that at the driveway we could at least have a little bit of publicity as you're rolling as you're rolling by. We get a lot of tourist traffic that drives by our location because of it being on the way to Devil's Tower. Um, and this is just the old sign that's there. Um, next year we're going to work on getting some bigger banners and signs made, but we figured we'd just work with what we already had. Um, I wasn't, I, of course, you know, I had to work on Friday, so I wasn't there for setup, but um, we were able to have, what, about a half dozen people came? Yeah, roughly. Yeah, about a half dozen club members came, and how did getting antenna set up go? What did you put up? Well, we put up the first antenna in the foreground here is a, is just a, a TA-33 Junior, and it's up uh, 40 feet, yep. about 35 or 40 feet, and then out is a brand new i just built it three weeks ago a five element six meter beam which played well um over katie can maybe there'll be some more sign there'll be some more pictures coming we did put up a vertical uh, a uh, hustler all band vertical for the go to station so that they could just uh, jump on and and move where we weren't and uh, 
right. work that pretty good. So we'll, we'll come back to some more in tennis because I'll have more pictures. So um, we again, having a club this year and more people to do things, we um, had a really nice setup in the room. So the tent we decided this year to use that for our operating and then really truly using the community hall as a community hall so that we had a place to sit and have meals together and visit, entertain uh, visitors and use a go-to station. Um, so this was just um, during setup and there's my mom and Rhonda heading back to the kitchen. On Friday, well, before our meeting, um, here is Al, N0VMD, along with, this is our new club member, Terry, yeah. who is a transplant from Minnesota. W0VH. W0VB. Yeah. And they were talking about the extra class um, tests. They were, that's what they were using the manual because Al's interested in getting his extra as are a couple of other club club members. So that was, it was just kind of a nice shot, you know, beautiful green area. And if you could tell, like, right here is where you can see Devil's Tower. It's just kind of behind Al's head. But um, And then at, and then Wade, our vice president, KD7KNZ, was in charge of the grill. And the beer. And the beer. So <laughs> sitting on the back of the pickup. So I'm like, that's a you know epitome of a Wyoming field day there for you. So here is Friday evening, our first evening of having a meal together and also our annual meeting for our club. We have designated the Friday of field day weekend to be our annual meeting. So we had almost all of our club members, except for a couple that weren't able to make it. Um, so we just had a nice uh, time to sit and visit with, with everyone. And uh, Dwayne was running the meeting and we had to make a slight update to our bylaws. And we reelected or we elected our officers and club, um, well, club, the club, club officers. Club officers for this next year. So, as well as members at large. Our members at large, right? So it was really just you know a quick bit of business, but and then we got into you know playing around. So um, this is just another shot as you drive in in the morning. Of course, we had the uh, American flag and our AWRL flag hanging. And um, one thing I did for fun this year is I made up these cups, they and you can see, see there. Yeah, they, they can. Can't see you. They can see me you shared the screen i know but they're looking at part of it over there so you hush <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so you can see all these cups that i made and i decided to just make kind of a little cheesy sign for people to sign when they came in i thought it'd be kind of fun so there's um chris one of our club members signing in when he got there um at our welcome table there was the table where everything happens Dwayne was putting together the software that you can see there's several computers here getting um just we'll linking them together just, to make sure the network was working. Yeah, and then if anything needed to be fixed or built, we had pretty much everything we needed there. Um, Jerry, WY7JB, brought along his um, solar panel, which was then going into the window here to charge the batteries that were running our GOTA station. And that worked really well, even when the clouds showed up. But So this is the other side of that window. There's Jerry and Chris and Dwayne sitting at the GOTA station getting everything up and running. And uh, Chris is, <clears throat> excuse me, one of our members that actually Dwayne and I tested a couple of years ago um, and when he earned his technician license, but hasn't really done anything with it. And it was people like Chris were the reason we decided we really need to get a club up and running. And I tell you what, Chris was probably my favorite part of field day this year, watching him at the GOTA station and then moving into the tent to operate. Uh, I tell you, it was great. We did get rain, which we were thankful for, but it <laughs> made a little bit of a challenge first thing in the morning just to kind of empty the tent floor out a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. And so once we um, started swishing things out, we started bringing the tables in and um, and then the guys went out to set up some more antennas 
while we're getting that. So this is the one that you and this is on the other side. So here's that vertical you were talking about. Yeah, that's the all band. That's vertical. the all band vertical. And then this one is our fishing pole antenna, which is a 20 meter vertical. Yep. 20 meter vertical. So we were utilizing the neighbor space. Um, here's just kind of another shot from where we were working. Yeah. There's six, uh, the two meter antenna for the right here. Uh, call in. Which I don't know that anybody ever actually did. Well, I heard a couple people. Yeah, we heard some folks over in the next county talking, so we did hear people. So this was, and these might be out of order, I apologize, but just kind of getting some things set up. Um, but it was really a beautiful morning on Saturday. It's Yeah. What, what's that big antenna that uh, has the telephone pole on it? That looks like a great antenna. It's got like a twisted wire on it on the left there. Oh, this, that's the, oh, right here. That's, no. um... You had to go back one slide. Oh, okay. Hold on. Are the, am I in the right place That's now? That's the power pole to bring the power into the... Yeah, yeah, there, there, there. there's a great one right there in the middle. There, there, that's... that's oh, yeah. That <laughs> is that a ballad down here on the very end? Ground power don't know it. Is, yeah. that, is that a ballon down here on the end? That's how we get power to each other out here. Yeah. What was that, Tom? I said, is that a big ballon down here on the end of it? Yeah, that would be nice, yeah. huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, so just group activity, getting this put together. And again, you know, everything about the field day this year was really all about Elmering. And that's, this was probably one of my most favorite field days. We were not even remotely competitive and could have cared less because we had ham. Like Al has been a ham for a long time, but he hasn't been active in quite some time. So he's been getting active again since the club started up. And again, is looking to upgrade his license. Chris is getting on the air and, you know, building antennas and, um, Jerry is one of our instructors. We actually gave him special recognition a few years ago at field day that we got from our section manager. He himself is responsible for at least 50 people in the northeast part of Wyoming for them getting their license because of the amazing tech classes he teaches. He's just, you know, he's just that good. Um, so these are just some kind of fun pictures. So the tent finally got a little dried out and we started getting all the gear put out and, and then it started getting hot. And then it started raining. So it was just one of those typical field day weekends, but um, just to kind of give you a shot of how things are going. Now, inside the community center back there is the kitchen. And um, because it was, you know, 80 degrees, we didn't want to actually use the wood stove. So we just used the propane. But, but this stove does work, folks. It does. So probably yeah. in the winter. We were actually going to make a pancake breakfast on it, but decided not to. But it has this really great um, area. So we set up. So Saturday we did a taco bar. For lunch and you just kind of worked your way around so we were able to set it up in a buffet style which made it really super handy and then for people who weren't on the air or doing other things actually this is before it actually started because everyone started eating a little early we were able to just kind of sit and visit with each other and eat so that was really nice we had much more community area going on and then wade brought his um, spider beam antenna and this was just them getting that up and running to begin with uh, right in front of the outhouse. We were going to call it our outhouse portable station, but decided not to. <laughs> so once uh, the once the uh, 12 o'clock chime hit, Jerry and Chris were on 20 meters uh, at the GOTA station. And um, you can see they had a band chart in front of them. Jerry had a list of instructions already printed out on what to say and um, did a bunch of basically mentoring ahead of time and then would talk through everything that was happening before um, he got on the air, and so they were able to make several contacts, and um, so you can see Jerry's kind of pointing and talking about 
what to do and really learning how to use his listening skills. And it just worked out so well. And after he made his 10 contacts, he went out, Chris went out into the tent and started uh, working on the air on himself. That afternoon, our emergency manager, Ed Robinson, along with our public health response coordinator, coordinator Melanie, who is KI7IDO, who um, works with me at public health, they came with our county manage, our emergency management comms trailer. And so folks could go in and check it out. And um, while we were there, a, a large fire cropped up, up in the northern part of the county. And um, so they ended up packing it up and heading back um, just in case that they needed to be deployed. Fortunately, they, they weren't, but um, this was just on the heels of having a big fire in the town of Pinehaven, which is where Al lives. Um, so we've been having a lot of issues with wildfires in our county lately. Fortunately, as you can see from those clouds, we did get some rain. So here's Melanie and Ed. They're kind of learning about how this station works. And Melanie had not yet made a contact on the air, so we made sure she made her first contact. And she did it with Whiskey Six Zulu Echo in Southern California with our friend Chip K7JA. So that was fun to get her on the air and finally make it her first contact. And it was a really great opportunity to really um, give our emergency manager an opportunity to see him radio in action and um, how it all works and listen to Jerry's great explanations. So we're going to keep working on him to get his license. Um, Dwayne ended up building... What intended did you have to that's build? That's a 40 meter. We're working on a 40 meter vertical. Oh, there. that's right. So we had some, uh, so, so then we also had some antenna building happening. And um, again, more mentoring. And there's Wade and Jerry were out. Um, Terry. Terry, sorry. I kept doing that all weekend. They were um, working on getting some uh, two meter moon bounce stuff up and running. I don't it, know. It didn't work. It didn't we, work, but we, tried. <laughs> we gave it a try. And, uh, as you can see, everybody started to bundle up again. So we went from, you know, 80 degrees back down to 60 in rain. Um, so Ken's one of our officers over here, and he was working around 40 meters. These guys were doing some setup. So a lot of back and forth, which was great. And there's Wade with his beer. So that yeah, was... He's on 20, uh, 12, uh, 15, 15 meters. meters. Yeah, 15 was really raunchy this past <laughs> over field day. Usually it's a good one for us. It just wasn't that great. Um, Pat, she made a sign that says, here's where you can get on the air. So this was our go-to station without people in front of it. Just thought that was kind of a neat little thing to add. Um, we did actually have um, three people, 18 years and under, get on the air at the go-to station. And, um, and two, two, of the, two of the young ladies are grandchildren or nieces of Wade, our vice president. And, um, and then our friend Bilk, N7QAX, and his girlfriend Heather, good friends. Um, we got Heather on the air for the first time. And she had a great time, and she's like, she says to me afterwards, she's like, now I know why you guys get so excited about this. this is a lot of fun. So we converted another one. High five. And there's uh, Jerry working with WI7KID, who is his grandson, and um, his older brother was our first and youngest general in the state of Wyoming. So he's working on catching up to what his brother's done, but he, he did really great on the air and um, had a lot of fun with it. So the weather was starting to roll in yet again, and but we kept ourselves occupied and fed. Um, we had gift, you know, baskets with all kinds of snacks and things to keep everybody going, and that was actually a really big hit. So if you have the opportunity to have like a area where you can just have snacks for a free for all, that's always a good thing, especially if you're going to have kids around. You know, candy was a big hit. <laughs> so then Sunday morning we did uh, a breakfast buffet with egg casserole and sausage links we were going to cook uh, pancakes but we decided to kill that idea 
And then, of course, a big pot of coffee was always ready for the making. But it made it really nice because people could just go along and make their own food. Um, and then at the end of the event, I hung up our sign that had everybody signed in. We did have a visitor who came to see us who um, saw the, um, the story in the newspaper. I'm going to stop sharing. Um, I wrote a article for the, the area newspapers, and it was published in all three of our papers. And so we have a gentleman that lives here in our town who um, has been operating CB and actually doing some of it not appropriately. So <laughs> we were able to give him some advice and got his contact information. We'll, we'll be working on getting him into our next class so that we can get him on. But he did give it a try at the GoTo station as well. So that was really kind of neat. For me, it's like, you know, historically, we've always kind of done a pretty um, uh, competitive field day. But we said this year with it being a club, a new club, and a lot of people that haven't even been on the air yet, we just had a totally new focus. And it was all about getting people active and energized and excited about ham radio. And, and I think we accomplished that this year. I think so. Yeah. And uh, so we're really, we've already started kind of our after action report with a, our group email, getting some feedback from what people thought about it, what they'd like to do next year. So our, our club meeting later this month, we'll, we'll be talking about that. And um, I have to say, it's just, it's been a lot of fun having a new club and, and just doing this. So it was, for us, it was really, you know, I've, this was not exactly 15 field days in a row, but almost 15 field days. And this was one of the most enjoyable ones. And I hope it's just the first of many more to come. And, um, you know, and hopefully the bands will be better next time around too. And as we continue on, it be nice for some of our newer club members, but. Katie, Mark, and for BCD uh, reported that the muff was over 174 megahertz on Sunday morning on field day. And really? uh, we were working six meters and 10 meters were wide open Sunday morning. In fact, they, there was a good opening on Saturday afternoon on six meters. So we had a ball nice. working yeah. all kinds of places on, uh, on six meters. And it was so fun to yeah. see 10 meters and six meters. So oh, well. yeah. we played six quite a bit. Yeah, we we did have luck. The last two years have just been rotten on six meters, um, but this right. year, thankfully, we did we had better luck this yep. year. And the, and the new bean played well. Too. And F, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and FT eight was you know was solid, just solid on six meters during that uh, during yeah. field day. The, the one thing I did at our Decatur Club, I did. Uh, several hours of uh, CW on the HF bands, and uh, I, uh, there was a special message that you had to copy to get 100 points from uh, W1AW. And so, right. told me it was coming up, and I got out my notepad, and I copied the CW by hand, and it was a long message. I was getting a writer's cramp at the end, <laughs> and I was three pages worth. And then, the, then my uh, friend said, oh, by the way, the teletype and the digital mode is coming up in an hour. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever got our section manager message. We got our points for, you know, the social media for the, um, our county commissioner was at our field day all weekend. He's actually one of our club members. So that was an easy 100 points there. Um, but we never got the section manager message. I did receive a piece of traffic. Chip um, K7JA sent one through the club whiskey six Ulueco on uh during field day and via kate hutton she copied it on two meter cw and then send it off to me so that was kind of fun um 
And we did talk to our division manager, our division director. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you did, did get him. So yeah, it was it was neat. So looking forward to hearing what other people did with field day too. Now that it's kind of now that we're past that initial exhaustion phase, <laughs> getting back to it. Yeah, this year field day setup was great. We had every we had every antenna in the air in three hours. Wow. That's phenomenal. Uh, Mark uh, and for uh, BCD reported that the mayor of Huntsville showed up their field day site for their public officials. So. Oh, crowd. that's great. I think he's shown up before in the past. I think it was Huntsville. Yeah. Their mayor is pretty supportive of their ham radio stuff right, there. Right. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That was wide open for me. I spent most of Sunday morning in pileups on 15. It was zero noise and just really, really nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, we were running. I'm really looking I'm really looking forward to the rules going back the way they were, where the D-class can't work other D-class so they don't call CQ. <laughs> um, you know, it's very difficult for for a field uh, a field radio station to hold a pile up when you got all these home stations that are that are piling in there. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't so even next get year when the rules go. I had a nice surprise too um, when I was on twenty meter CW. I worked uh, my old college uh, friend who was the president of the Ohio State Radio Club when I was a member way, way back in the 70s. And, uh, oh, that's cool. And so we had a little little quick chat there. Uh, he was up in Ohio, and that was fun. That's great. I couldn't well, hopefully whole... next year, too, it'll be easier for more clubs, because I know a lot of clubs still didn't do in-person gatherings. Yeah. Or they, or people were, you know, operating kind of remote group settings. So hopefully this next year we'll see um, our health issues around the country with the with the um covid get better and we can have more in-person gatherings and um so hopefully you know fingers crossed but it was a good it was a good time and um looking forward to doing you know more more club activities and it was a lot of fun so and there appreciate must be the a theme about that. the taco the the taco uh, theme for lunch because the uh w4atd uh, group that i was at uh, the decatur alabama radio club they had a taco bar too, so it must have been a common yes. theme here. It's easy, you yeah. know. Someone wanted to have chili, but we don't have chili at Field. No, uh, chili no, is no not chili allowed. Chili. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> not in an outdoor tent. No, 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 no. no. I, you know, I've seen is, blazing saddles before. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> I could not get a word in edgewise on twenty. That's why I moved up to fifteen. Uh, yeah, yeah we actually our GOTA station spent most of the time on 20 so that's normally your money band where we could rack up a lot more QSOs but you know what the bands were a lot easier it was a much better place for the mentoring to happen and you know the new people it was easier for them to try to distinguish call signs and, and have an easier time doing it so it was a good trade-off so yeah. Chris had, Chris had made one QSO before field day and he made about 10 on the GOTA station and he come in and said I'll operate 40, and I let him sit down on 40. Now, I know that I can go a lot faster than he did, but I wasn't about to interrupt mm -mm. him. Um, it's New Ham getting started, and I just let him go. Yeah, one, at one point we were having something to eat, and he walks in. He goes, I just worked my first new country. I just worked in British Columbia. And the smile on his face was just. Yeah, even though it's it was, a Canadian, it was a different country it's to It's still him. absolutely, yeah. and that was just what it's all about. To me, it was like. Seeing what happened at the GOTA station, and especially with those kids, it was just magical, and, and the adults, too. So 
yeah so if anybody is out there you know trying to figure out how to get people engaged you know have a really good mentor at the at the station and help them walk them through it without you know without with making it as easy as possible and it's really good so anyway i know you guys are all chomping a bit to talk about this balloon stuff so let's <laughs> kill the field day talk yeah. <laughs> do we lose tom i'm here oh there he is. i'm enjoying oh, okay, the field good. day yeah Oh, okay. <laughs> they used my picture and interviewed me for the local paper this year. They will. Never oh my God! They will survive. Yeah, they just scrape yeah, and bottom. Another newspaper for six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right. We need to look at the circulation figures for that issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, guys. We are actually yep. going to bail. We have yeah. family. Yeah. Go so we're going to go visit family okay. before they leave. All right. So. Thanks for uh, being we're, with we'll us. We'll go over and watch the rest of the show with them. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for being with us and uh, bringing us that field day report. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. See you later. Bye-bye. All right, guys. All right, everybody stand by. We'll be back in just a moment. Great Outdoors are calling. Get outside and under the stars with one of ICOM's ultimate SDR transceivers. The IC705 is a perfect transceiver for hams who enjoy both the great indoors and the outdoors. It's a perfect QRP companion. The base station has features and functionality at the tip of your fingers and a portable package. And it covers HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. And guess what? It weighs in at just under 2 pounds. It has a 4.3 inch touchscreen. And it's got a live band scope and waterfall. It'll run 5 watts with a BP272 or 10 watts on 13.8 volts DC. It runs all modes, including D-Star. The speaker microphone comes standard. The perfect accessory for the 705 is the LC192 backpack. It has a special compartment for your IC705 and room for all your accessories. Create your own band opening with the IC9700. This transceiver radio brings direct sampling to the UHF VHF weak signal world. This all mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are just sure to keep you busy. It has a 4.3 inch color touchscreen and spectroscope and waterfall. It has smooth satellite operation with 99 satellite channels, and it's full duplex operation in satellite mode. Heard it, worked it, and logged it with ICOM 7300. It's a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transistor digitizes the RF before various receiver stages to reduce the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 is the radio that changed the way of entry-level HF. Visit www.icomamerica/amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. All right, and we are back. Uh, I think... I think that Bill has something he wants to mention. What do you got going, Bill? Well, I've got a uh, my friend Mark uh, K89SDX mentioned that there was a uh, a band called Heifer, 
and there's a Medfer and there's a Loafer band, and these are all license-free HF segments, but the power um, requirements are very low. You have to keep it very, very low power. And so uh, he said, maybe you could convert one of your balloon boards to do this uh, Heifer band. It's right below the 20-meter band. And sure enough, I did some research. It's right around 13.556 megahertz, uh, plus or minus 14 kilohertz. I mean, plus or minus 7 kilohertz, a little narrow 14 kilohertz segment. And there's uh, people running uh, that slow CW, the QRSS modes, people running just regular CW, and also a couple running Whisper. So I modified my SkyTracker board. Because the power limit has to be uh, five milliwatts, uh, and into an antenna. So is that is that so? Rating. Is that so you don't have to have a license? Is that the power? Right, right. It, okay. It's license free, but most uh, a good many of the people there are ham radio operators. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so right now I have it doing um, um, whisper on thirteen point five five. 4.418 megahertz. So, uh, no, I'm sorry, 555, yeah, 13.555418. And that is running Whisper, a, uh, uh, about two minutes of Morse code, and then it'll do a, a three minute uh, segment of the QRSS. And these screen grabbers, there's screen grabbers. People tune to that frequency and they share their screen uh, every 20 minutes. And there's a website you can go to. Uh, WA5 Delta Juliet Juliet has a website that shows his screen on all kinds of bands for this uh, slow CW QRSS modes. So I have it up <coughs> running and it hops between uh, the whisper, hops between the high for band on 13555418. And it also transmits uh, on 20 meters. So it, every 10 minutes, it hops back and forth between 20 meters and the license-free band. And I have an attenuator on it. I, I put out 20 milliwatts, so I put an attenuator to get it down to five. And I'm getting good, good response. And you can see it on the screen grabber. You can see the, the slow CW on it too. So it's a lot of fun. It's uh, yeah, there's a lot of stations there. And if you go to lwca.net you'll find out more information about it and I'll post that link in the chat room and uh, you can find uh, all the stations that are listed there and their frequencies so um, it's one of those little known things that uh, are out there that people can listen for so back to you Tom alright well great information on something new here I have never heard of it okay so let's do this uh, let me see if I can do this all right, just to kick this segment off, I've got a little video here. Uh, I'll try to hold it down to like 15 or 20 seconds. Uh, I'm not even sure if I've got it. Let's see if it's kind of framed in. That'll probably work. Okay, here we go. Let's let's see what's this. What's going to happen here? Start. Six, five, four, three, two, 
Just to uh, get you a little preview of uh, kind of the uh, I don't know some of the excitement we had. Wayne, I, I tell you, we were really uh, we really had fun on this bill. 
And Bill was a great helper. Bill was guiding us in there. Uh, he was calling us on the phone, and uh, uh, believe it or not, Freddie and uh, Ed and I were actually the first ones to the uh, to the balloon, and we took a wrong turn somewhere, but we were real close. So, how do you think it went, uh, Bill? Well, I tried to get it to bounce off your car. Well, <laughs> I was leading you right in there. You know, I I I think we could have been there uh, if we hadn't made that wrong turn there on Bethel or whatever. It was right there on Ross Road. Uh, Ed was watching a GPS, and uh, for some reason, our truck GPS wasn't updating. So he kept driving, and he could see the balloon, but our GPS wasn't updating, and that was kind of causing uh-huh. some problems. There was so much confusion going on. We had telephone calls coming in. We had radios coming in. We had people looking at the uh, you know, the GPS and the coordinates and APRS and all that stuff. It was pretty hectic there for a while. Um, we did have a lot of media overload, I have to say. Whenever I called, there was a lot of stuff going on. We had an airplane, uh, airplane buzzing us like crazy right above us doing circles. And in a minute, you're going to see this flight that uh, Steve flew here. We'll get Steven here and, and Ina I and, had, and Barry. I had good copy on APRS here in uh, just south of Huntsville, Alabama from about Oh, you're about 180 miles away, and uh, I could copy it from about 12,000 feet on up. Had perfect copy on it on APRS, so uh, the, it was a really nice, uh, nice day for it. And you picked a great landing spot. Yeah, you almost landed in their pool. Yeah, um, it was um, well. If it landed about 10 feet further to the north, it would have been in nice cut grass. But no, it had to land in the jungle. But uh, we were prepared, and uh, it uh, uh, we we took a pole saw, you know, with the cutter on it. And we were able to reach it with that. You know, the the video. Uh, let me let me pull up another video here just real quick. And uh, this is like a. Oh, this is. Let me stop this one. This is a, a real short one, but it's going to show uh, a couple uh, different aspects of it. Um, and we'll all get to talking about this. I'd like to hear everybody's experiences and uh, what they thought about it here in just a couple minutes. Uh, let's see. You know, we had um, uh, two horizontal cameras, one down-facing camera. Um, our... Um, our camera quality wasn't that great, but you know what? This was our first flight, and uh, we learned from it for sure. Let's see. Okay. What camera did you end up using, Tom? The camera? Uh, I, I don't know. It, I, I can't tell you the brand name. I mean, I've got one here I can show you. Uh, Is it kind of similar to a GoPro? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. But you had several of them, right? <clears throat> we had three cameras, three cameras in the payload. Yeah, three of them in there. All right, I'm having a little trouble finding the video here. I want to find you. Let's see. You know what I thought was interesting was the temperature of the payload. I don't think it went below two degrees Celsius on the entire trip. Well, now the the the, the temperature you were seeing was on the APRS, which was uh, let me show you here. So. The, the APRS was not in the box here with the other equipment. So, 
The, this was our payload right here, but the APRS was 15 foot higher than this, and it was, uh, it was on this little strip right here. They, this, uh, the tracker, Bill's tracker was right here, and the antennas went like this, and this is about 15 feet higher. Uh, I did put, and then here's the battery pack here, I did put a hand warmer under the battery pack here, and then we wrapped it with bubble paper. Um, and uh, launched it, so that probably did something to uh, help. The uh, the three layer the layers of bubble wrap. Yeah. If you've got it sealed off good, it acts like <clears throat> the greenhouse effect, so it keeps it toasty warm during uh, when the sun's beating down on it. Even when it's 60 below zero outside, it'll stay up around the freezing or even better. So one of the things that I discovered from this. And I think it needs some improvement. Um, this balloon, this is actually, this is the recovered balloon right here. This balloon weighs two pounds. Actually, it, it, weighs, it, it weighs over two pounds. And you know, you know, uh, our payload, Bill, our payload was two pounds. Yeah. So this is tied to the top of the parachute, and when this thing falls... It's going to basically turn that parachute either upside down or tangle. What tends to happen is that the, the remains of the balloon tends to swing around uh, just right at the parachute level or slightly above it. Yeah. And uh, But it does tend to move the parachute back and forth. And sometimes it'll drop around and tangle up with the parachute. But your parachute descent was great. Uh, it looked uh, perfect. Well, as far as that right, I'm wondering if we came down a little fast. I'm not sure. To tell you the truth, it was it, you were right on, right on what I expected. But you're right. That extra weight of the balloon. Uh, what yeah. some people have done is to have a cut down mechanism with an ichrome wire that they can command and cut the balloon loose from the top, and then you have a little small, like two ounce payload with some batteries. And a little receiver that you can, yeah. or a timer even, uh, and it cuts through that string to the uh, balloon and gets rid of it. Well, our uh, our friends there in uh, um, Oregon sent me one of those cutoff deals. Uh, basically, you run the fishing line through it, and it's actually like it's actually right. a it's a blasting cap, is what it is, but. Now you got to figure out when to when to set it off, you know. And well, we did really well. I, I was hoping for a hundred. I was thinking we probably wouldn't get a hundred thousand. I was hoping for a hundred. We we really exceeded that. We ended up at eight hundred. I mean, a hundred and eight thousand seven twenty-five. I think. Uh, yeah, I had seven fifty. Oh, seven fifty. Yeah. So. Um, Which is really phenomenally good for that size balloon. That's a great altitude. That puts yeah. you into an exclusive hundred thousand club, and in fact, you almost hit the, the very exclusive hundred ten thousand. That's club. a great altitude. Yeah, yeah. And that puts yeah. you into an exclusive. Are you there, Bill? Yeah, you got a little feedback going on. Okay. Well, let me see if I can stop it. I'm uh, okay. I, I I see what's going on. Are you there, Bill? Yeah, you got a little yep, feedback. Yep, yep, Let me stop it. There we go. I'm having trouble finding the videos that I want to find. I know how I can get to them. 
it's real simple. I get to them this that way. It looked like it was a different balloon type than what you'd been experimenting with. Well, it is a different balloon. This is a, this was basically a weather balloon. It's made to pop and go okay, up. Okay, so uh, you didn't go with the net balloon then? No, we. This is a completely different. Uh, this is not trying to stay at a certain altitude and go around the world. This is go as high as you can and pop. You know. These are latex, uh, gigantic party balloon, but if you will, but they're made out of uh, latex and they just keep expanding. At the on the ground, it was probably eight foot in diameter. At altitude, it was probably close to almost 30 feet in diameter, 25 feet. Yeah, it was 25 foot. In fact, after, at altitude on a clear day, you would see it as a shining star because it would just be almost clear, reflecting the sunlight. Very cool. We had a telescope on one and watched one pop with a telescope. You could see the whole flight line and everything. Did you have a camera pointing up at the balloon, uh, Tom, to see the burst? No, we didn't. But you can see it. You can see it in these, you know. Right. Uh, let's see. I think this this video here. Let's see. Nope. Sorry, I'm not uh, prepared here. It's just I've, I'm just overwhelmed with the amount of um, video and data we've got here. Um, some of the pictures, again, the video, the, the pictures weren't clear. Uh, I can enhance them a little bit with the the photo program, but uh, overall, I think you know we uh, we we did well. Uh, Was me, the uh, chase plane up, able to watch the uh, the payload coming down? Uh, is there anybody, uh, any of the guys here in here with us? Somebody saw it coming down. Anybody in here in the room with us? Yeah, this is Rick and Zero K. Hey, Rick. Okay, Rick, you saw it, right? Yeah, Joe Grisham and I, we both saw it come down on Ross Road there, and we misjudged where it was going to land, and we turned around and went back and, and, and came back to a different road. And uh, if we would have stayed where we were at, and also with Rick Tillman and Richard, we would have been the first ones there, but we didn't. <laughs> well, I tell you what, that sure saved me some money. <laughs> we uh, we claimed that we claimed the prize because we got there first. I, I could not believe we were going to get there first, guys. You know, let's see. Well, I, I will say it's a technicality if you got there first. If you look at the video that's going down, you can hear the plane going back and forth. Oh yeah, yeah, you sure could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. In uh, fact, in uh, fact, I want you to look at this. Hey, uh, Steve, I sent you a, uh, uh, an email. Best I can tell, knowing where we were and looking at the uh, satellite map where we were, and what little bit I caught in this picture uh, here that um, you uh, of your video, I think where that arrow is, you you flew right over us there. You kept saying it's right below us. It's right below us here. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was going in a circle and the distance didn't change. So I said, "Man, we got to be right over it." Yeah, yeah. Hey, here's a quick one of the yeah, recovery. Let's look at this here real quick and see if I can play this. If I can make it work. So here's where we found it. Hello. We're trying to get the homeowner there. You got a pipe bubbling up out here. Yeah, you can see it out there at the uh, out there on that tree, but that's not as low as you think it is. Look at Ed. Watch Ed walking down the hill. 
know if you could uh, if you could see Ed disappearing walking down the hill so that tree was probably 25 feet uh, I did have with me a uh, tree saw cutter and uh, we're gonna get it I hear the airplane there, there you are Steve that, that lady that lady at this house says man there's been some airplane just keep going over and over and over <laughs> but uh, here we are in the recovery what I think is amazing is that if you know you went to the 108,000 feet and you only traveled what 15 about, miles no I think I think we traveled Yay. about 60 miles Good deal. That's right. You launched in Somerville. Yeah, yeah. We drew, I think it was 64 miles. I saw one. Do you see a snake? There's a, uh, don't worry, it's a cotton mouse. Oh, it's just a cotton mouse? <laughs> yeah, you, don't get, you get about 15 feet. And, as long as you get the package. So it was quite grown up right there, but it wasn't too bad. Who was fighting the snakes then? All right, Tom. What do you got there? All right, look at here, guys. Boy, that's a lot of balloon here. Okay. No. no and you know we got uh, Logan out there, uh, KO4 uh, FIE. I think he was—he got there 15 seconds behind us. I think he—he uh, he was right on on the trail with it too. And he—he uh, um, would have—he almost beat us to it. Actually, we were—we were, we were kind of running parallel there. Uh, yeah, like Chris says, no snakes were harmed in the making of this uh, video right here. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I went. I landed a payload near the river here, and the guy said, "You can go on back in there, but watch out. There's a bunch of snakes in there." Yeah. And as I got close to it, I did see snake tracks in the mud, but I didn't think too much of it because I didn't see any snakes. So I grabbed my payload and I'm walking back on his well-maintained trail, and then I heard a rustling in the bushes, and this. 10-foot-long king snake went okay, right across the ground. This is K0JSC, Amateur Logic Sound Check Net. And... Where is, where is that coming from? Oh, net number 64. It's right in front of my face. Wow. Imagine that. Um, I am not a master of the obvious. Uh, let me, let me stop this. Who I have. I am so sorry. Okay. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Well, we were lucky. Okay, so here's a very short one I pulled together of uh, Steve flying, Steve and Ina and Barry there. We're going to look at this a minute, and I want you to see how uh, how busy it was in the airplane. Steve did a uh, tremendous job. He was in all kinds of restricted airspace and had birds flying around him, and uh, you know they were looking for a little bitty red box uh, at 130 miles an hour. So I'm going to kind of fast forward through this. It might take two or three minutes, but... You'll hear them reading the altitude as it comes down, and you'll see them circling and starting to look for this. So I, I think the, I think it starts off. It shows a, a and I speeded it up. It, it shows the path of the aircraft. So let's look and see what uh, what this looks like here. Uh, okay.
Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna we we seem to be close to where the balloon is, and we're over here at Collierville, so we're just gonna hang here and just try to kind of stay around it. Okay. Well, it's I I I can I can outrun it, so I'm just gonna kind of stay close to it. It's popped. Oh, all right. When, when we get over there where they're at. Blue. They are some big birds around here. <laughs> they are huge. <laughs> They'll get your attention. Yeah, it's just guarded right under the wing. Let's see Rick uh, Kepchak, um on here. He's heading that way. Uh, he, he may be with Rick Tillman. Hundred and eight thousand seven hundred something feet. Oh my goodness. Right, it's going. <laughs> oh, excuse me, it's popped. Oh, all right. Nine 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 thousand uh eight hundred and fifty seven. just talked to Tom. That's good. He said, yeah, it is coming down. I said, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it hadn't started heading south at all. We're south of you right now heading west. Directly north of it. Line number three, runway three six, cleared. It's getting into a bad spot for me to go to. Yep. Here he is. Mike, Roger, sir. Wind check zero two zero one zero. I thought we might land there at Dolly Branch Airport. That's two eight Romeo. You have the Cessna ahead of you on the left down one inside. Use caution. I have a large bird just off the approach end of runway 36, orbiting 200 feet below. <laughs> Traffic. I think that's FedEx, but it's not any okay. faster. Okay. Uh, Six thousand. Give me call out, Barry. Uh, do you, do you see what they're what, what you're looking at? The blue dot. The blue dot is it. We're in the middle of that. See it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Taxi approved runway three six wind three four zero. All right, where is it? Six zero Lima It is. Uh, looks like. We're heading what almost south or southwest. Well, I'm turning, so it's yeah. We're heading. Yeah, we're in southwest. Yeah, it's uh, it's like north. All right, so I need to keep turning. We're getting to the point here that uh, they're going to get real close to it. Well, the plane all these guys there. 
I don't have distance, so let he's get it. Okay. Like half, about half a mile. Be going towards it? Well, see, I keep turning and it keeps showing still behind us. I'm wondering if we are right over it. So I'm going to kind of go out a little bit more and come back. All right, I'm uh, at Bethel Road. Uh, is well, that's south of it. I'm doing a circle. Hang on, this thing, I don't know what's going on with this. It's now short at 2,300 feet up, and I know that's not right. That's where it was earlier. Showing. But that was a quick drop, though, from 300. All right, I'm showing. Should be right over in there. One mile. Just two, three, correct. The altimeter is 3003. Point nine. Point seven. Two, three, Quebec affirmative. Point five. Maintain that or below 2000. Point four. One, two, five, point eight. Squawk zero, three, three, seven. Point two. That's right in here somewhere. Point three. All right, so it's right in here. Squawk zero, three, three, seven. Close to over it. Yeah, we should be, because it's showing point seven, point one, point, point yep. one two. I mean, it's right in here. Yeah, the good thing is, is that it should be recoverable. <laughs> Not too bad. Let's see what the, these guys are doing. Boy, I mean, this, there's a pile of people down uh -huh. here. Air Mobile, we are heading back. Good deal. They probably have the uh, more sensitive stuff because they're all converged. Well, they're not traveling 130 miles an hour. Yeah, but I'm talking about the last last time it reported to APRS. They have located it? I did. All right. They got it? Congratulations. Yes, sir. They got it. All right. Who did? All right, we're going to head back, right? K4 yeah. EMT. All right. Well, so you know, man, we had uh, we had excitement going on in the air and on the ground and uh, everywhere. It was uh, it was a fun time here. Well, Steve, how, how hard was it? You flew in some really big circles, man. You must be checked out on circle flying right now, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm qualified on flying circles right now. That's true. <laughs> Man, you flew so many circles that the map just went solid there. I mean, you know, we kept hearing you. It, Freddie took a picture of you when you flew over. Uh, we uh, we kept hearing you, man, just all the time. In fact, when I when I got to the lady's house here that where the balloon was, she says, "Yeah, there's somebody. I wonder what's going on. There's somebody been flying over the house all morning." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we zeroed in on it pretty quick. Um, yeah, you know, it it it, it, it uh, what 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 worked for us. I don't know if we might do it a little bit different next time, but uh, it, it could tell Barry. I think he was looking more at the GPS because he could get the altitude and 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 that that helped us. 
you know, see that. And then I was using, I had a handheld that, uh, yeah, your handheld, did, did we lose yeah. you there? I, I had oh, there a handheld that, yeah. uh, you know, the, that, that showed, you know, we're, we're right there at the, the red arrow shows which heading we were on. And then the blue over there shows our the, the bearing to the balloon and its heading. And so, I mean, I, that's what helped. I mean, for, for me to have that so that I could adjust what, what I needed to do, uh, zero to six. I took this picture, you know, we were 11 miles away. I, I, I thought about it and said, okay, before we get busy, let me kind of take yeah. a picture so we can see what's going on. But um, well, that that also would have been very handy on the ground. I mean, that thing tells you how many feet away you are and what direction to walk, man. It, it yeah, is something. Yeah. Which, which, like I said, that's the, the, here's where it shows the distance. And yeah. It says 11 miles here, but you know when I saw that distance and it was getting smaller, 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 and then increasing, I knew heck, we just went right over it. So yeah, yeah. Um, it certainly would. It certainly would have helped me because. Um, I never knew which direction he was heading, and because I was always looking down, yeah, and um, uh, and and didn't couldn't look out because I was looking down so much, and uh, but we were kind of moving kind of fast anyway, but yeah. it, um, uh, I mean, to make that many circles, let me tell you, you don't know where you're at. Man, I, I would have think you guys would have been really dizzy. I mean, that that was a lot of circles, man. And some of them were tight circles. I mean, I looked at the map. They weren't weren't big circles. They were tight circles, man. Well, like I said, we were right. We, we weren't real close to Memphis, but we were close enough to Memphis's airspace that goes down to the ground. I mean, we were right in a corner. You know, Memphis's airspace that goes down to the ground, and then uh, all the branch. Uh, you heard on there, I think at one time I heard five planes that were in the pattern for landing. It was such a pretty Saturday for a holiday. I don't think I've, I, I, you know, I've flown around Memphis area for a long time. I don't know that I've ever heard four or five planes. It was busy. It those air, Both airports were busy that day. They yeah, really were. I, I was listening to them so that if we needed to let them know we were getting in their path, but we were just enough. Yeah, west of Isle of Branch and just enough east of Memphis, and their runways are going north south. You know, we we weren't a factor at all. So well, I, I know at one time I I heard them say there's a there's another plane or something out there. What like at eighteen hundred or something or circling? He said he's circling out there. I don't know well, if you remember yeah, I, that or not. I didn't hear that, but I don't I don't think that was us. That wasn't you. Might but, have been. It might have been. Yeah. But you know what you you had to really you had to really focus on flying that plane. You were low. You were at what fifteen hundred feet. I mean, about fifteen hundred feet. That's that's what helped. We had a good group. Yeah, you know, I, was, I was doing the flying. Uh, Anna was uh, she's uh, she's somebody speaking. In fact, of tying this in with field day, uh, she's a new member of uh, our Delta Amateur Radio Club here in the Memphis area. And I'd never met her before because of COVID and everything else. Uh -huh. She came to field day, and she had on a T-shirt that was aviation-related. And I said, oh, you a pilot or something? And she said, yeah. And it turns out she's an instructor uh, that, uh, you know, is, is, was – so that was a big help. She, um, yeah. you know, she, she was helping me watch out for, for any uh, – problems that may come up while i was focused well on yeah she was doing uh, i know you did, did a great job and um i i, I saw 
I know that you spotted that tower. Uh, we saw that tower from the ground. That sucker's how high is that tower? Uh, I don't know the height because I didn't check the out uh, chart. But our wing, right wing, whenever we turn, uh, you couldn't miss it when you're on the right side. Yeah, that was I mean, that's, you have to look at that. That private tower. We were very close to Olive Branch, and I think it was just where our path was. It was just inside between Olive Branch and us. I think that's. If we were to look at exactly where it is, uh -huh. I think be in Olive Branch's airspace. Yeah. And we couldn't enter without their permission while we were, uh, you know, doing a grid circling. So, uh, now, now who, who, Rick, uh, was it Rick that saw it coming down? Yeah, yeah. We saw, we were on Ross Road and we saw the parachute. Rick Tillman and Richard Martin were right ahead of us. Yeah, and we saw it come down. We even told them that, but then we misjudged where it thought it was going to land, and we went back to Bahelia, and then over back up to another subdivision. And uh, uh, the other gentleman in that little car was there at the same place with us, and we both turned around and came back to your location. Yeah. So, could you actually was the chute open? I mean, how yeah. low was it? You it think wide open, and it was fully, fully full of air. I mean, that chute was wide open as it's coming down, but it was moving pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. So where was the planning relationship to when you saw it, Larry? Uh, you guys were probably just made a pass over us, and you were you were flying away from us at the time when we saw the balloon. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's just just amazing that something. I mean, that's not very large, and uh, you know, it's it's not large at all. And we kind of tried to, you know, we kind of tried to, uh, you know. Yeah, we saw the paint, whole it, thing. paint it up, you know, paint it up a little bit so you guys could see it, you know. But uh, obviously, uh, it it slipped through. Maybe maybe it's stealth or something. I don't know. No, not in the trees. Once it hit the trees, that was it. Yeah. So the cameras, there. These are little. Uh, these are little uh, uh, sports cameras. They're kind of like a. Kind of like a. Uh, they look like GoPro. a GoPro. Kind of like a GoPro, about the same size, uh, except they don't cost as much. We put three cameras. I didn't want to put $1,000 of cameras in this box. This is the first one we ever flew. And you put $1,000 worth of cameras and, and batteries and trackers and all that stuff in there, and you lose it. You don't feel good after that. So I was surprised at how easy it was to, to find it. Now, there's a lot of swamp area down here cypress trees and swamp and water and uh, uh, we thought we could go in that but uh, you know we were lucky where it came down and we stopped we stopped at the uh, end of that Ross Road it was a little it was a dead end circle there and we started start saying we know we're real real close and uh, I pulled up the spot because the, you know the spot works on the ground and that would have been our best shot. Uh, APRS would have been up in the air, maybe you know, 500 feet, 800 feet. I don't know. And it could have drifted, you know, two or three more yards down before it hit the ground. But the spot was actually transmitting from that tree. And I pulled up the satellite image of the spot, and it showed the house right there. We were two houses away, and uh, we were two houses away. And uh, so we just drove a truck down two houses and uh, and uh, turned in a drive, and uh, there um, there it was kind of in the backyard. So 
everything went perfect from the time we filled it. We launched it. It was a great launch. It was in the air about the right amount of time. We were in position ahead of time. We even stopped at McDonald's and had some breakfast waiting on it. And uh, and then it came down, and we were so close to it. If, if we had not taken a wrong turn, uh, again, ourselves, uh, we may have seen it come down. Of course, there's a lot of trees in that area, and they're blocking you your view you know, to the horizons. But uh, uh, we were very close to it. And I, was, I was hoping to catch it. I was wanting to catch it. You know, we like to try to do first things on the show that nobody else has done. If if we could have caught it, that would have that would have made a great show tonight. So, Tom, uh, Joe Grisham, uh, Tom, uh, check his check his uh, webcam on his car because he had a camera on the and it had a, and it had an upward view and he was supposed to check it and see if he caught the balloon in view. So. Now, Joe or somebody emailed me and I've got so much stuff coming in. He said he, somebody told me they had it on dash cam. I guess yeah, that was that Joe. Was Joe Christian, he was with me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Somebody had it on dash. I'd like to get a copy of that dash cam video if we can. Yeah, I'll, I'll reach out to Joe and see if he yeah. can. Yeah. We'll put the hook on the airplane next time. Yeah, yeah. The hook on the airplane would be <laughs> would be good. Um, now, Tom, I came within fifty feet of catching a balloon shooting yeah. out of the sky after going to hundred thousand feet. And I was just about ready to grab it when I tripped on a corn stalk. So, oh no! But, uh, I have a group in um, up in uh, Idaho. Yeah. Paul Verhage, um, KD4STH. Uh, one of his uh, team members actually have grabbed the payload before it hit the ground after it parachuted back down. And uh, on one of our very first flights that we did with the Derrick Club uh, in 1990. Um, it actually bounced off the bed of the chase vehicle and ended up in the ditch. So he almost caught in the back of his pickup truck bed. Yeah, well, hey. Hey, you know what? I think what we're going to do, and, and I don't know when we're going to do another one. I mean, this one wore me out, guys. It, it really did. wore me out. I, I was tired. I was I was so tired for a day and a half after this. I didn't want to do nothing here, man. Just just rest. But uh, Did you get any sleep the night before? No, the night before, I didn't sleep a wink, man. I, I, I guess well, I thought about right, this. You did right, then. That's, that's exactly how you prepare for a balloon launch yeah. of that magnitude. You don't sleep the night before. Yeah, you know. You so right. I think what we need to do is is on the next one, whenever that might be. I don't know when that be, but we need to find a skydiver. All right, here's what I'd like to do: get a skydiver, get our get our guys there to plane. Let's get in the area. Now this guy needs he's got to be one of these super duper guys, you know, that can free fall and you know kind of fly around. You know, we drop him, we drop him up really high about where the balloon is and he free falls down and grabs the sucker in the air with a with a GoPro on his head. Now Tom is he gonna be using the parachute from the balloon payload to make his final descent? Well I don't is know about that. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a couple of us I can't disclose I can't disclose all this, but a couple of us were talking today and Bill, do you know where we can buy a monkey? Do you, do you know where we can get a monkey? 
You're talking about like uh, Abel and Baker and the early space program. Maybe Ham. I think I Maybe. would start off with uh, fishing crickets. Fishing We've crickets. Been on those huh? before. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not saying we're going to use a monkey. I just just was curious. You know, where we could find a monkey. You know, so. How about a goldfish? Well, that might that might get a little freezing up there. I don't know, man. Well, who I mean, else we got? Hey, we've got. Uh, hey, Logan is 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 uh, uh, Lester. Logan, are you in a, are you in a Zoom? Yeah, fishing crickets will survive. We've yeah. tested those. Uh, yeah. In, in, uh, Again, in how about one of your cats? Yeah, well, they're too big. I mean, it would take too much hydrogen. The balloon before it, it, made it, it would take too much hydrogen to get that out. How about KO4FIE? Is he in the Zoom with us tonight? I don't think he is. Uh, he uh, he was tracking in. He had an eye gate in the car, which would uh, also help him give some good APRS uh, uh, locations on the ground. Um, but uh, the spot worked well for us. Um, I just had a lot of fun doing this thing. It was uh, it was amazing to think that you could turn something loose up here in Tennessee and go get breakfast down in Mississippi and get under it and and recover it so quickly. It's just uh, it's just uh, amazing that we could do that. Um, let's see who else we got up here. Let's be. Hey Tom, uh, yeah. it was mentioned cockroaches for the, your uh, your pilots. Uh, you know they they'll survive anything. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they they've been around for uh, several million years. I I understand they can even uh, live underwater for like you know hours, man. I don't know. Okay, hey, who we got? Hey, let's see who we got. You got Rick in here. Rick, you were out there chasing it. Rick Tillman. Rick, there we go. we got Logan uh, coming on. Let's see. Let's get him in here. All right. Unmute here. Well, Rick, did you uh, uh, did you uh, how how close were you? Oh, we were on the same road where you eventually caught it. The uh, went around the corner some, and yeah, and there's two vehicles, like say Richard, myself, and one vehicle, and Joe Gresham, and the uh, and Bear, excuse me, and the other Rick in the other vehicle right behind us there at one point. Yeah. Wow. Well. Man, we didn't, I, we had so much going on in the truck. It was hard for me to even know where everybody else was. Uh, you know, we weren't focused on that. We were focused trying to just see where's the balloon and where are we. Uh, but um, one point, I called Barry on the phone and told him he was circling. You know, gave him some kind of directions there. Yeah. With Barry and Steve on the airplane. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see if I got a picture. I got some pictures here. Let me bring a couple pictures up. Uh, if I can, well, we've got a lot of different snapshots here and pictures. Uh, I just want to put all this together in a movie, you know, splice in the aircraft and and, and different various uh, chase cars and different things. I, I'm not a very good editor on stuff like that, so I don't know if I'll ever get anything done. Uh, uh, for, for you guys that uh, want to see more of those videos, I've, I've got them all posted up on YouTube. Uh, and we got the full length of the, uh, the, the entire flight on three different cameras are posted. The two uh, outward-looking cameras and one down-looking camera, they're posted. 
We were having some trouble with the light, the the, the bright light. I think it, the camera wasn't enough, uh, adjusting well. That could be a setting in a camera. Um, we'll look at that and see what we can do to make that better. Uh, you know, the prediction, the, the flight prediction was very close. Man, it was so close to this thing. Let me see if I can pull up the prediction here. Um, here's the, uh, let me show you the, uh, let me show Steve the, uh, another picture I have here from, from, uh, where it was located. You might even, well, you might not remember this, Steve. Um, let me get a, let me, let me try to get it in here a little better. Here we go. So, this is Ross Road here. I think Bethel, if I'm not mistaken, and I was all turning around. I, w I was not driving, so uh, I, I don't know where anything was. But I think Bethel, I think Bethel Road uh, goes uh, this direction as I'm moving the mouse, and then you got Ross Road that we went up, and then right there it's a dead end right there at the top, and that's where we turned around and we came back three houses, one, two, three, and pulled in in here. And that's where it was located, uh, right there. Um, so uh, there was a quite a good forest to the right there. If you look, it was it's pretty growed up. So uh, that would have been difficult. Um, and there again, here's a picture of the balloon. Um, there's Freddie. There's Freddie. Uh, let's see who we got there. We got uh, Freddie entered the room again. Let's see if we get Freddie in here. So there's Freddie uh, tying the knot in the uh, in the payload uh, to uh, uh, to the line. And Freddie, you're not held. It didn't didn't come loose. We, we we wanted to make sure it didn't come loose. So we even taped the knot up. Um, we got a lot of this stuff on our uh, on the Facebook page. Here's a um, Here's a video uh, that uh, Craig took, Craig Nicholson. This is a video of, oh, with the, the drone. Let's see if I can, see if we can get it in here. So we had a pretty nice place to launch from, but the wind was blowing. The wind was blowing and we were afraid. See, behind that house was power lines and trees. Is that what? What was that? What was that? That front loader down there, at the bottom right. Yeah. What about it? That needs to be uh, that bucket truck. That needs to be part of your uh, equipment. Yeah, that was in case they had a hard landing. Yeah, yeah. There he goes. Yeah. 
It's out there, you might not see it. There's a little speck out there somewhere. Okay, let me come back here. All right, so that was uh, that was an interesting video there that he took. We've got Logan in here, uh, KO4FIE. How you doing, man? Are you there, Logan? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, thanks for all your help out there and uh, being with us, man. I no problem. I was. Uh... It's uh, great to be part of it. Yeah. All right. Hey, man, I see UPS on you there. Are you a UPS guy? I am. I'm actually heading into work right now. Is that right? Well, you, you, you know I'm a FedEx guy, right? Uh-oh. FedEx guy, but I'm retired now. And Glenn, now, Glenn is an Amazon guy. Oh, really? Oh, man, we, <laughs> yeah. got, we got a little bit of everybody on here now. That's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, hey, it's a very diverse uh, show here. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. I was going to look and see if we uh, got some more pictures here. Here's a day. Uh, I don't know if Dave's with us or not. Here's a, a video that Dave put together to talk about how it was supposed to go. Let's see if I can get it going here. Uh, let's see. All right, today it's the 2nd of July at about uh, 8 o'clock in the morning central time, uh, about uh, 25 or 26 hours away from our launch on July 3rd. Um, launch site is uh, 30 nautical miles on the 59 degree radial from the Memphis Vortac, and that's about uh, five and a half nautical miles from the Fayette County Airport over here. The blue area shows the Memphis uh, Class B airspace, and the yellow uh, trajectory here. Yeah, we were in Class B the whole time. Trajectory as of uh, predicted this morning. Um, <clears throat> the uh, flight duration should be about. Uh, two hours and 40 minutes or so, uh, reach an altitude of roughly uh, 105,000 feet, hopefully, and um, uh, get down or travel about 41 miles altogether from launch to, uh, to the landing site. Uh, initially, uh, here you can see how the balloon will take off more to the southwest. And then after about 10 minutes, uh, get out of the surface winds and and uh, fly more south or south-southeast. Uh, once it gets up into the stratosphere at about uh, 60,000 feet or so, then it'll hit the stratospheric tonal winds and turn more west and then burst over here at uh, 105,000 feet and then come back down, uh, liquidity split until we get... All right, so that's kind of, that was the plan the day before uh, right there, and uh, it pretty much matched that. I'm looking for, uh, I did a, a comparison here, the uh, uh, prediction versus the APRS, and I, I tell you, I was very surprised how close they were. Let me see if I can find it here. Here we go. I'll tell you guys to look at this. This is uh this I think this is amazing, to tell you the truth. If you uh, can take a look at this, the black line was the prediction, I think from the day before. 
you can see it just like uh, Dave talked about it there. Uh, the black line comes down, makes the curve, goes west, and then back down south. If you look at the red dotted line there, that is the actual path that the APRS took. So, Bill, I mean, look how close that is. I mean, I'm amazed. Uh, is that common? Yeah, that's uh, it's a pretty good tool um, when you're within a, about two or three days of the launch. Uh, it can be pretty pretty darn accurate. Yeah. Well, and we often send our chase crew down to the predicted landing zone. I had one. We launched five balloons through the university, and we landed them all one mile from each other, 100 miles downrange in Georgia. So um, we had the chase crew down there uh, waiting for them to come out of the sky. All right. So, well, here's yeah, that, a... that was, those prediction tools are pretty accurate, uh, and they've just gotten more accurate over the years. Well, there's there's a Logan here. This was at McDonald's where we stopped and uh, uh, got a bite to eat. There, he uh, he pulled in there right beside us. And let's see. Uh, there's the uh, there's our chase truck. There's Ed uh, putting some gas in. You know, and we used a mixture. We used a fifty. Well, actually, we used we used a forty eight fifty six mixture. We use 48% uh, hydrogen and 56% helium. Now that's our secret mix. Nobody else can do that, but we were able to squeeze that much in there. But actually we well, we're... The, the fact that you're over 100%, uh, that's, that's your secret. Yeah. Uh, actually, that, that balloon was about 50-50. We, uh, we, we emptied two 40 cubic feet bottles of hydrogen and we had a 80 cubic foot uh, uh, a bottle of helium with us that that we finished it off with. So it, it probably 50 50. Uh, we How had many a cubic foot. Do you think you finally used? Well, I, you know, I'll, I I don't know. We emptied two we emptied two 40s. Now that's 80. And then I don't know. The other bottle was an 80. We didn't empty it. Um, so uh, that would been 100. You know the the uh, the prediction uh, sheet that the calculations I think said we were going to use about 130 cubic feet of gas. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but you know we may have we may have used 130 cubic feet. That sounds about right. There's the parachute. There's the uh, tracker below it. Uh, with the bubble paper around it, and in the payload. That's a small, awful small looking parachute. Here we go, we're walking it out to launch it. We're getting close there, we used the Coke bottle. You see the Coke bottle there? That's, we didn't even break the scales out. I had the Coke bottle set for uh, 2,000 grams. So we just, uh, Ed just filled it up to it, lifted that Coke bottle, and uh, and then uh, that was it. We didn't even measure it after that. We launched after that. Well, you probably had a little bit more in 2000 because probably. the uh, PVC uh, pipe for your filling nozzle probably added some weight. It could have. It, yeah, it could have added a little bit. And at PVC, though, we did take it out. Um, uh, 
we 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 you know some people uh, put a plug in there um, uh, but we did take the PVC pipe out and we just twisted and zip tied the balloon and folded it over and zip tied it again and taped it taped it really well so that's the only it. time I leave the PVC pipe in is if I'm doing a vent valve experiment but generally you would remove your filling port and then tape it up and zip tie and tie it like yeah, I think others. Some others, uh, you know, it just I guess whatever your preference is. Some others, uh, they put a plug in it. You know, one guy was asking me on here yesterday, you know, what did it? What did you know? Weigh my balloon right now after it's come down. Weigh the balloon now with the pipe and the plug in it. Well, I, as I mentioned to him, it didn't have a pipe or a plug. Now, you know, a couple zip ties uh, didn't add a whole lot. You know, this is not like uh, the Pico balloons where, where you know, our maximum weight is 20 grams. This is like thousands of grams. So I wasn't real concerned about, you know, two or three zip ties here or there, you know. There's a lot of leeway. Yeah, yeah. There, it, yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. Who else we got? Uh, anybody up here in the uh, Zoom room? Uh, let's, let's hear your... Uh... I'm going to mention uh, yeah. this Friday at uh, I think starting at 9 a.m. Uh, we're going to hold our annual Great Plains Super Launch and I'll put the uh, uh, link here in the chat superlaunch.org okay. and we're going to have um, discussions about both large balloon payloads and also the Pico balloon payloads we're going to have a whole series of talks um, going from about nine o'clock till about four or five um, and that's our annual balloon conference and uh, on Saturday morning we're going to then uh, launch um, via zoom balloons from across the country uh, are going to simultaneously or probably some simultaneously and some staggered but during the morning of uh, Saturday morning the 10th we're going to have a online zoom so but to get the link you'll have to register at that website and it's going to be online there is no physical location this year uh, we've had held it in Pella Iowa which was just mentioned in the chat and we hold it basically all over the plain states Omaha sometimes Denver Kansas Hutchison, Kansas, and Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, this year it was supposed to be in Spaceport, Indiana, Spaceport Exploration Center in uh, in uh, near Lafayette, Indiana, but uh, due to COVID, we decided to make it a total Zoom conference. So instead of us all gathering and launching 10 large weather balloons and a number of Pico balloons all at once in a field, we're going to be uh, doing it all online and so remote sites all over the country are going to launch and you can watch that on zoom to get the link uh, go to superlaunch.org and hit the register button it's going to be totally free but if you register then you will be sent a link um, probably by thursday uh, to join the conference and it's totally free this year so uh, if you want to learn more about uh, about this from some of the uh, real experience groups around the country and if not the world we're going to have a uh, great conference on friday all day and then our group launch on saturday all right cool
Uh, hey, let me mention something here while we're making announcements. I don't know if Mark Brown is still in our chat room or not. Mark is the uh, chairman of the Huntsville, Alabama Ham Fest. And uh, they just updated their website. Go to uh, hamfest.org and you'll be able to see the new uh, uh, Huntsville Ham Fest uh, website. They've got it all updated, all the spots where everybody's going to be. Uh, you'll see where we're going to be. Uh, they've got all the forums listed, all the things going on there. So uh, they've expanded from, um, seems like they've expanded for something like uh, 120,000 square feet. They've now expanded it to 180,000 square feet. So it's going to be a lot bigger area in there. And that's mainly because of the COVID thing, to give people a little bit more space. They're going to space things out a little bit. So uh uh, but it's going to be fun. Uh, we always like the Huntsville Hempfest. We always go down here a day or two early. We always stay a day late uh, to come back. It's The hotel's wonderful. The hotel's actually connected to the uh, Civic Center where the uh, Hempfest is. You don't even have to go outside in the heat. You just, from your hotel room, walk right down this hall and you go right into the uh, Civic Center. I need to check with our, our friend, astronaut Doug Wheelock. He told me uh, several months back that he misses the ham community. And he says, you know, I'd like to go to Huntsville. He says, I'm going to put it on my NASA calendar. Now, I haven't heard. The guy, the guy is busy. He's really busy. Right now, he's training new people how to walk on the moon. That's what Doug's job is right now. But uh, I'm going to try to check with him in the next few days to see if he's still thinking about coming down here. And, uh, it, you know, he could probably make it a business trip since NASA is also there in Huntsville. So Huntsville Hamfest, uh, August is uh, 20, I think, what is it, Bill, 25th or something like that. 25th, 26th, 27th, somewhere in that area. I have to look it up. Uh, ham, hamfest.org. You can look it up. All right. Hey, if you're listening out there on uh, International Shortwave on WBCQ, uh, you're listening to uh, Amateur Radio Roundtable. This show is about ham radio, and uh, tonight we have talked about a yearly uh, gathering where we set up our radios out in the field and make contacts and test our emergency preparedness. And we've also talked about uh, a high-altitude balloon uh, launch that we did this weekend where we sent a balloon up uh, over 108,000 feet and recovered it. So that's what all the chit-chat's been about tonight there. Um, send us an email to tom at w5kub.com email us tom at w5kub.com let us know where you are in the world love to hear from you uh, give us a signal report of how you're hearing uh, WBCQ on 7490 and um, hit the subscribe button if you're still uh, there in the chat room if you haven't hit subscribe yet please hit the subscribe button it will help us to uh, advertise our show more to people on YouTube as they look at other um, you know ham radio or electronics uh, sites the more we are uh, the more people subscribe to us uh, the more YouTube promotes us in other words it shows us as a little thumbnail next to maybe a page you're looking at and 
Uh, the statistics show probably about 30% of our viewers each week come from clicking on those thumbnails. So it's people that probably didn't know about the show. So hit the subscribe button. Hey, hit the like button if you uh, like the show tonight. And uh, you can actually click on a little bell, and a little bell will notify you anytime we come on live. And we have from time to time, uh, in between our weekly show, we have some live transmissions, live broadcasts. Just as we did this past weekend, we streamed the entire launch to recovery uh, on our YouTube channel. And uh, we had a lot of people. We had as many people watching that as they normally watch the show. And uh, we had a lot of people uh, following it uh, uh, this weekend. All right. Let's go back to Zoom and see what's going on here. we got some people ahead and really sitting thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick somebody out here. Real quick, Tom. Yeah. Uh, Huntsville is August 21st and 22nd. Okay. And I'm doing an Arduino forum there Saturday morning. And about an hour after I finish, or no, right after I finish, Bill's going to be doing his uh, uh, high altitude balloon forum in the same forum room. Okay. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. And Bill, are you, are you going to launch a Pico balloon here this year? Bill, Bill, are you launching a balloon? I think Bill stepped away. I think Bill normally... No, I'm here. Yeah. Yes, I'm launching right after my forum. I believe my forum's at 11. Is that right, Glenn? Uh, and, yes. Uh, at 11, and so about noon, we're great launching a Pico balloon out in the parking lot. Right in front of the Embassy Suites Hotel. All right. It'll be an APRS... Uh, on a, on a Mylar party balloon. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. We've got, uh, we still have Steve in here. We got Richard in here. And we got Rick in here. And Ina in here. Everybody else has done gone home, I guess. Nope. Uh, most Tom, people. they're asking in the chat room if you're going to open up the Zoom everybody tonight no you know we've got uh, 10 minutes until the show ends i don't think we'll open it tonight um uh normally we would do that but um we uh we're not going to tonight i don't think oh uh, yeah i'm still recovering bill this you know you know we did so many bill we've done so many for the show so many of these pico balloon launches and we were somewhat successful you know our goal was to get one around the world and we did that a couple times one of them i think we went three a little over three times around so it started being easy you know it started being easy you put the gas in here you let it go and hey it goes around the world you know especially if you do it in the right time of the year um. But you know, we thought, okay, let's try something different. We've got one. We've got one right now. There's one right now at the university's balloon. It's been up four months. Yeah. And it's stuck circle over Siberia. It's going in circles over Siberia. And we had another one launched from Oregon. This is an interesting time of year because you can go backwards. Yeah. Uh, in a retrograde orbit, as we say in NASA. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we had one in or uh, Oregon. It from Eugene. It went. You know, uh, did Bill drop out? I think he did. Yeah, I think he did. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's see what's going on here. Something 
No, he's there. I mean, he's there. He's there. He's just in the dark. Bill, you there? Yeah, my uh, Zoom has reset for tonight. Yeah, I... It abruptly ends. Okay, yeah, I can tell you're kind of there in the dark. You're down at the very bottom, but anyway, okay. Uh, so you know, we we've uh, we we figured out we can send one around the world. So it started getting boring. So that's when we said, okay, let's try uh, you know a high ball, high altitude balloon, and that was fun. It was completely different than what we've done in the past. Uh, took a lot of different thinking and a lot of different building and and different everything. You know, you didn't have to worry about you know five grams here and ten grams there. I mean. Um, you know, I mean, I I think we could actually tie a monkey on the next one if we really want to, and we could probably fly fly a monkey up here. But you know, um, I think I'm going to start focusing back, Bill, on. And there's still work going on right now with my friends out in Oregon. There's still work going now to build a uh, inexpensive high altitude balloon. And I think I'm going to go back to the drawing board now and work on a balloon that will float at 55,000, 60,000. I think it can be done. It's just, it, it takes a lot of work and there's a lot of research and the guys out in Oregon, you know, they're working in the hangar and uh, every day they're running tests and uh, they're getting close. And I, now, I think we're I, doing experiments here locally, Tom, at yep. the uh, University of Alabama Huntsville uh -huh. students. Um, they, uh, one of their, like I say, one of their balloons they launched uh, in February is still flying. That's the one that's going in loops around Siberia right now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the one in uh, Oregon I talked about went, spent a whole week going in a circle over British Columbia, and it came over Alabama yesterday. And it's now in Texas. It's heading back west. Yeah. So this time of year, it does strange things. Well, but they're working on a, a valve system to valve a, a, a latex balloon like you just flew and have it float at about 60,000 feet uh, all day. And so they, yeah. they, we did a couple of test flights so far, and uh, they came pretty close to it working. Um the last flight they did a couple days ago. Yeah, I think that could be done fairly easy. The problem is I want it to, I want it to be up for weeks and a month. And the, the latex balloons, uh, the ultraviolet light. They great in the UV. The UV, the UV will uh, kill them within a week if, if you can keep them up that long. I mean, um, so, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, and what we learned and what you've always said, Bill, I mean, the winter, uh, the, a month that has an R in it is the best month to fly. Uh, I, I have seen so many successful flights go around and around and around uh, in the wintertime. Now, in the summertime, uh, with all the big storms, uh, they don't go around very well. Most of them come down. The wintertime is to fly. Uh, we may fly another one. Uh, we may fly another Pico, maybe in October or something. Maybe as we get closer to winter. That's a good time to fly. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm still going to work on. I'm still going to work on. We're going to experiment with. I want to fly it. Maybe not that one, but I want to fly one at fifty at, at a minimum of fifty-five and make it float. And 
the secret is just getting it there and uh, uh, you know it's just uh, it, it, it just gets bigger and bigger the higher you go if you yeah, want to float one at 100,000 feet the balloons can be about the size of your house <laughs> yeah yeah and if i and, and if i could find a material if I, if I could find a material that would stretch and not break that would be good so we're we're working on it we're still working on it all right oh i've got some little projects coming up soon now i mean we're not going to be doing a lot of balloon stuff uh, in the near future I think one of the next uh, projects I want to work on, I'm going to build a, uh, a QRP watt meter. And uh, I've got all the parts over there and the plans. It doesn't have about four or five parts in it. And uh, you can calibrate it for, you know, 100 milliwatts or 20 milliwatts, wherever you want to calibrate it for. Or you can calibrate it for five watts if you wanted to. Uh, it uses a little uh, 200, I mean, yeah, let's see, a 100 microamp meter. And uh, I never throw anything away. It's a little 100 microamp meters, very nice meters I've got. I'm sure they came out of some surplus military stuff somewhere. Great looking meters. So um, that's one of the projects I want to do is uh, build up a little dummy load uh, like that. Um, I've got Bird makes one that you can find on eBay. It's They, they have a um, 50 milliwatt max range and a 250 milliwatt bird uh watt meter that i've that i've gotten uh one's like no one's 250 yeah. and i think there's one that's like 25 or 50 max well it's i may not, even uh, uh I, I may even I, I may even just put a switch in there and i all, all you're doing is just changing the shunt across the meter you know and calibrate it uses one of those um like a one in 34 diode yeah yeah yeah, one in thirty-four diode, a fifty-ohm uh, load, a, a one in thirty-four diode, a, a pot to uh, uh, to uh, calibrate it to your meter with a with a known. Uh, and uh, I think they've got uh, the one I'm looking at here's got a uh, three to fifteen picofarad cap uh, to ground that you peak uh, for maximum uh, efficiency. So my my only problem is I don't have a case to build it in. I've got the meter. I got all the parts here. I, I'm, I'm looking for a little plastic case or something, you know, with a with a slanted front on it, where I could mount the meter in it. But uh, I can't find anything. I've even looked on eBay and I can't find a, the box I'm looking for. So I may just have to breadboard uh, I, it. I don't I, know. Uh, you know, I go to a company called Front Panel Express, <clears throat> and you can engrave letters and put them where you want, and uh, they'll do a professional uh, panel for you, and they have boxes as well. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll look at that. I'll look at that. You know, and I, I don't really have a need for a QRP uh, watt meter, but in playing with the little 10 milliwatt trackers, uh, I was always wondering until I pulled out my uh, my uh, my uh, spectrum analyzers, I was always wondering, what are they really running? Uh, but uh, I think it'd be neat just to build one. I, I like the old-fashioned analog meter where, you know. All right. Where it goes zero to no, tw zero to twenty has um, twenty milliamps, uh, twenty milliwatts. Some dollar, got some sundial circuits that you can buy on eBay and Amazon, and uh, they'll give you an output. Um, they're designed for um, basically uh, the max 
is about one milliwatt that you can put into them. So you put a attenuator in front of them, yep. and uh, it's a very linear voltage curve based on the power in milliwatts. Yeah, yeah, it's linear. It's linear. You just you there, just calibrate uh, it. Just calibrate it at, at the maximum air on the end of that meter. What you know, five watts or. 20, 20 milliwatts, whatever you set it at, and it's 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 going to be linear. So it's going to so be kind of cool. You put your voltmeter on it, and yeah. uh, and you've basically got yourself a little milliwatt meter. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, in fact, I saw an article somewhere. A person took one of these uh, Harbor Freight meters. Yeah, the little little orange Harbor Freight meter, and uh, he actually put a BNC connector in it and a pot in there, and he actually b b b turned one into a, me a watt meter. That was kind of cool. Well, guys, we got uh, we're about ready to sign off on shortwave. Thanks everybody for listening tonight. Uh, join us uh, live on on uh, YouTube.com/slash/w5kub every Tuesday night at uh, 0100. At eight o'clock central on Tuesday, 0100 UTC on Wednesday is also the show. It's UTC time. It's on Wednesday. Local time. It's on Tuesday. Uh, please join us, and we'll see you next week. Good night to everybody. Here's what you need, Tom. Let's see what it is. A little blurry. What is that? Um, it's like a modified.